It's Turkey Week. <laughs> Was that a turkey? What are you grateful for, Mr. Turkey? <laughs> Fred's welcome to the Wild at Heart podcast. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't my best. In the week of November 23rd, here, Thanksgiving week, with me in the studio, Morgan and Alan, wanting to talk about something that's on our hearts, but it's not gratitude. We're not going to do the traditional gratitude podcast. I'm sure there are dozens of those you could get out there. But I was thinking as as we're entering into the week and friends and family of mine from around the country and around the world are kind of texting me, hey, here's our situation. Mm -hmm. It's a really weird year. I think for the first time for everybody, Thanksgiving isn't going to be the same. And there are friends who can't have Thanksgiving because they're in situations, states and countries that are so shut down. You know, they're saying two people max, you know, one household, meaning only the people that live in your home, not everybody else. And like even even the Atlantic magazine, which is sometimes really thoughtful and responsible, their their article was everyone should just cancel Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. Like that's the responsible thing to do as a citizen of the world right now is just don't be with anyone. And I understand, I understand, you know, the pandemic has full-blown researched and I I get all that, but we've got listeners who are going to be able to have Thanksgiving. I've got some friends in California who are going to do it outside because somehow that wiggles through the rules. Mm. And I have friends who are super disappointed in Oregon who are not going to be mm-hmm. able to be with their whole family and we're not going to be able to be with our family but that's because they're they're trying to get to other states to see their in-laws and so it's a rocky year and suddenly we're at the holidays and everybody's putting their lights up mm-hmm. everybody's decorating you know cuz we're trying to get a little joy yeah right yes. now yes and, and I love it I I bless it that people are putting up their christmas lights right now it's like awesome let's get some joy in the neighborhood but I think beneath all that is a lot of disappointment. And what I wanted to talk about that I think would be really helpful for our listeners is 2020 has been a year filled with disappointments, large and small, Mm -hmm. you know, birthdays that didn't get to happen, lots of trips that didn't get to happen. And then kind of more heartbreaking things, weddings that didn't get to happen, funerals that didn't get to happen in the hardcore lockdown stages of the year. And so I know it's Thanksgiving week, but even if you're going to be with family, the holidays tend to be a little bumpy anyway. (laughs) And the holidays are a time of disappointment psychologically for people. That's kind of like a well-known thing is that we come with all these expectations and, and they aren't quite met. And, you know, Uncle Joe drinks too much and says inappropriate things and you know, Aunt Marge burns the turkey. And, you know, it's just just all the family (laughs) stuff, right? Right. So what we're going to think about together this week, friends, is how do you navigate disappointment in a pandemic world that's actually been delivering a lot of disappointment to us all? And how do you care for your heart in a time like that? And so I'm going to kick off with a story. And I... I think I've told this in a couple of settings, but I don't remember that I've told it here. So in the state of Colorado, 
and on the staff here at Wild at Heart, we have some pretty passionate archery hunters. We love to go out in the fall and chase large mammals with sticks and strings. <laughs> and it's a joy because it's quiet and it's elegant and it's kind of like the fly fishing of the hunting world. It's a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. You have to get ridiculously close to even have a chance. And so you have these intimate encounters with nature and animals. It's just a very unique thing. And in our state, there are different opportunities. And if you are a patient person and you save up your preference points, you get one preference point a year if you put in for it, uh, you can save those up and then you can get into a really special situation. They have certain units in the state where they manage it for a really prime experience. You're not going to probably see anybody else and you're in lots of elk in this instance and trophy elk. So this year I decided back in the spring when everything was getting shut down and we lost just slam, 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 like immediate disappointments coming in, shutting down our events, not being able to go overseas and do events, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of things, boom, 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 were just suddenly lost in our household. I thought, you know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to cash in all of my elk points. Lifetime of points. Lifetime of points. And I'm going to, I'm going to put in for a real special unit and, and go for it. Like that's going to be the joy of my year. And then you've got like the physical training and you're, you know, shooting your bow in the backyard all the time. And so it's like a year, this is going to be my joy. So I drew the tag, cashed in the, the points and my son Blaine offered to come along and a friend offered to come along and guide us through this unit. And so I was super stoked. And it didn't turn out well at all. We were mm-hmm. camped at 12,000 feet in September, and we got slammed with a three-day snowstorm. Wow. And the water in our Nalgene's was frozen in the morning. We would wake up. We didn't have any water, and, and it was cold, and there was snow, and the, the elk just completely shut down during that week, and it did not turn out. And I waited two more weeks and then went back with my other son, Sam, when it was warmer and more beautiful and kind of more like why we do archery. It's like the autumn colors and everything. There was no snow. And that time, it didn't, it didn't turn out either. And it, it ended up being pretty disappointing. And all the more so because of 2020 right? Like the the small joys that we have been able to grab this year when those haven't come through, mm-hmm, it's right. just felt like an extra wallop. Mm-hmm. John, as a fellow archery hunter, I feel the pain of that story. That's a very personal those story. Are gone, oh, man. gone, gone. You don't get those back. And when you name disappointment, I've had more people actually, now that I'm just kind of doing a mental inventory, I've had more people comment this year than any year I can remember I can't wait till this year's over. Right. Like in an email, in a passing comment of let's just get through to next year, right? And you can feel in it two things. One is there's just so much pain of the loss, the disappointment. And also there is a subtle agreement. Like we can't expect anything good to happen. And so I, I am struck by, yeah, it's a series of disappointments. I think of lost opportunities for my wife, teaching opportunities that just went sideways because then they went online and then Zoom was clunky and she took some risk with some people that invited her in and then they didn't know how to use Zoom and it just, 
fell apart. You know, I, I launched a book. In the first eight weeks, there were zero sales at physical bookstores. Because they were closed. Every store was closed. Every store was closed. Like the literally right. the this chart said mm. zero. And you go, when does that happen? And so I'm just now reflecting on the level of disappointment. You know, yes. my kids are in sports and uh, Abigail took a risk and took on a new sport. And Josh was thriving in lacrosse and football. And just overnight it was gone. And so each of us, there is a very, you know, poignant place to to look to disappointment. And yet, and also I just see that theme. And friends, of just get it over, yeah, get it behind get us. Let's just get through, which is not the same thing as lovingly caring for the disappointments. Mm-hmm. And I want to get to yes, that in a, in a minute here. But Alan, like 2020? 2020 is the year I'm definitely ready to move on from. And I think that probably is everybody's thought, you know, as we've been talking. But our tanks are so low that the things that used to bring our family joy, like Morgan, you brought up sports. Mm-hmm. Well, we're a big basketball family and our daughter's a senior in high school. Our son's a sophomore. They're both starters uh, on their teams. And usually in the fall, there's practice and there's uh, scrimmages and there's you know tournaments and then games that go on from here. And we haven't had any. And now- None? None. There's been like a handful of practices, but the players have to wear masks during practice. And <laughs> and then they've said if we do have games or scrimmages, the parents can't come. It's just going to be the players. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's not great for the players, nor is it obviously great for the parents and the fans. So that feels stolen. Uh, my mom, her husband, my stepdad passed away last November And this November, the date falls on Thanksgiving. And so this Thanksgiving for her is the one-year anniversary of the loss of her husband. And she's 80 and all alone and scared to leave the house or to be with other people. And so I'm, I'm helping my mom navigate not just loss, but loss specifically coming up at Thanksgiving. And, and so I think what I would just name is, Boy, when Thanksgiving comes, there is this subtle sense of, I really want this to be good, but everybody that we would do it with is coming in on low, low yeah. reserves. And it feels starts to feel a little like pressure and just a fog of how do we do that? If they can come in at all, right? right? Yeah. And I'm hearing a quote by Brennan Manning in my mind, friends, we, we are not trying to sink your ship right now. This is an empathetic offering. Brennan Manning's idea of a wound that is not uncovered is a wound that cannot be healed. And we obviously make a very big deal about that in terms of healing, you know, childhood wounds as we teach on that at events and and different things. But I'd like to apply that to disappointment here. I think a disappointment that's not acknowledged is a disappointment that can't be healed, mm. can't be addressed, can't receive comfort, hope, encouragement. And human tendency is just power on, just power, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. ouch, 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 you know, ooh, no sports, ooh, homeschool, you know, we're, now we're distance learning, ooh, can't see my folks, ooh, we lost that trip. And we're bleeding from a thousand cuts from this year, mm-hmm. right? And so, what I want to get to is the loving care of our hearts mm-hmm. and disappointment. 
but you can't get there if you don't admit it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you, and you don't just name things. John, as you say that, what's interesting, some processing. So back to my comment, more people have told me, just get through this year, just get to next year than ever before. But I'm doing my own inventory of how was 2020 for me. And the word that actually comes in full disclosure is balanced. And when I say balanced, what I mean is what you're saying is really validating. There have been disappointments. And even, I'm not even naming some of the more severe ones of walking through a friend with brain cancer that is at the end of his journey. And yesterday, his closest companion in this, a cousin, committed suicide, who was his twice a day contact from her isolation Mm. from COVID. Like, these are real. And not being able to grieve in a funeral, right? We went to a funeral in Portland and it was... It, it was just um, so sad yes. of what the ceremony encumbered. Had to be. Right? When yeah. we had some holiness outside the ceremony yes. with the family and community. Yeah. But the word balance comes because I look through the year and, and two things happen. God has invited me to grieve on time to say, no, this is a real loss. Do not minimize it. Do not minimize it. And don't compare it to someone else and try to say this isn't a big deal. Because for your daughter, this was a moment. And that moment can't be gotten back. And so there's been grieving. But also, like, God has been here. And I've been curious, this question of, like, where is the joy? Where is the provision? Mm. And, And God has been very vigilant, I think would be the right word to ask me. Chase joy. Follow my lead on a landscape that's very unpredictable. In other words, I'm a strategist and I usually map out things long-term. So hunting is an example. You know, I was going to go to Alaska this year for a hunt. And and that's like, I've done that once in my life. That's a massive choice economically, time-wise, and it, it got shut down with COVID. And so I was back to square one. Like, what is the season going to look like? And I felt like God said, I have joy for you if you'll listen, Mm. if you'll tune in. And so just one example, Mm. it was, okay, God, it was like square one, almost in my walk with God, of I want to listen. I want to follow your leadership. And I had an opportunity. I've done a lot of research on public land, archery, antelope hunts, like in really rural areas, Northwest Colorado. And I had gotten a tag and, and Joshua had gotten a tag. And I rarely get to take him in that environment because of sports. And that's part of my little grievance, you know, of just the system. But again, it was like, okay, the joy is Joshua could come, but I also needed solitude. I realized as an introvert with all the COVID quarantine on top of each other, what I most needed is solo trip. And so I'm in this quagmire. I want to be a good dad. I need a solo trip. I've got this short window. My son just turned 16. And I sense God say, you go solo and then have Joshua drive up and meet you for the second half. And all my buttons are getting set off. You don't do that to your 16-year-old son. He's not ready for a six-hour drive. And be a good dad and take care of him. And then you can take care of your own heart. The old scripts of come through for people. And instead, it was this posture of, I want to, where's the joy? Where's the joy? Where's the joy? And so... I prayed and said, God, are you green this? He said, I got you and I've got your son. Like there's room. 
I'm generous. I'm abundant. There's more than enough. So short story, I went solo, had a beautiful three days of just what I love, my love language, a moonlit night, carving up an animal. Then Joshua comes. He had this amazing drive, and it was part of his initiation that I didn't think he was ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. And so to listen into God's mm. timing with my yes. son, yes. Joshua comes. We have three hard, beautiful days of hunting and 10 minutes left on the last day. And I realized I was in the blind with my son and he was sleeping. And we had this moment. I'm looking over the plains. And we had spent 16 hours in this blind over the last two days. And I realized something had shifted in my walk with God. And it was something for the first time that I could name nothing to hide, nothing to fear, nothing to prove. And I'm not saying I arrived, but there was this new level of settledness mm. and we hadn't harvested. And as a hunter, that's a big disappointment. And we had worked hard for it and so much disappointment over the year. But mm. what it led me to identify a settledness from grieving and healing I'm good, mm. apart from the outcomes. And then literally after mm. that moment, the first and only antelope to come in in the three days Joshua was there sneaks in on this little creek. And I grab Joshua, you know, all hand signals and put him up and I drop low. And he, he gets up in this blind and draws this 40-yard shot and smokes this antelope. And he's freaking out. I'm freaking out. And that was the bonus. Like, because as yes. I process it, it was before that moment. Yeah. In the disappointment, yes. following joy was the gift. Yeah. There's so much in that story. Friends, if you haven't just acknowledged your disappointments or, or even that it's been a disappointing year, if you've just been muscling through, it would be a real gift to your heart this week to just admit it. You're not going to go down for the count. You're not going to be taken out completely by it, but just to allow, wow, rough year. Here are my disappointments. Yeah. And, and just to name some things, it's actually, you know, there's some psychological research that shows that you, you lessen the emotional impact by naming it and allowing it to be so. Like, that's just true. And your heart knows it. So you might as well go ahead mm -hmm. And then like a whole nother section in there to come back to Morgan of God, what is the joy that you do have mm -hmm. for me? But Alan, what's been helping in disappointment this year? One thing that's been really helpful for me, well, it started with grieving, as you just said. It was the ability, Kelly and I had a conversation uh, a few weeks ago and she was saying, where are you just in life into the season? And I said, I think I'm in a grieving season and it was a, a grieving of our nation in so many ways seems to be at odds and has, has lost its way on whatever front you're on politically or socially. And there seems to be just a loss of all these great things. And so I just allowed myself to grieve without trying to get to a solution immediately. Say that again. Why? Well, because if I try to get solution-oriented, the grief is almost just something to get over quickly to move on and kind of put my head down and keep trudging forward. And I wanted to just sit in the grief without any known outcome. Mm. I don't know where this mm. is going to take me. I don't need a quick answer. And here it is weeks later, and I still feel like I'm in that period. Mm. So I've given myself a leisurely amount of time 
to grieve without an answer right there. But I'm doing it with God. And one of the things that's been helpful in that is, you know, the the small things of the day. Morgan, you talk a lot about micro, mm-hmm. you know, micro joy, micro moments. Well, I found I was not handling those well because when the big things didn't happen, the sports games, the gatherings, the vacations, well, I started to take that pressure onto the smaller things. And well, if the big things aren't going to happen, the small things are going to really go well. Yeah. So a family movie night, it, it's going to go really well. We're going to get some great tacos mm, this weekend. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> and memories are if we go to a restaurant, it may only be 25% capacity, but we're going to rock it and have a great conversation. And the, it's going to be a wonderful experience. And it wasn't helpful because that pressure, oftentimes things didn't live up to it. It wasn't a wonderful conversation or the service was terrible. And and so I found my heart tanking more. So the ability to go, I'm going to take the pressure off even the small things, which are the things that can happen, and I'm going to take it off my kids and my wife and the restaurant and the neighbors, and, and I'm just going to try to be at peace and lead with grace and lead with mercy and not expectations. Like, that was huge for me. And so I'm still in the process, but I'm grieving what has been lost. And I'm trying to be a man of grace and peace, Mm. even in the small things. Like the pressure is off for things to come through. But how can I make a difference in those settings by who I am? Mm. That's good. So going back to the archery hunt for a moment, we've learned over the years a helpful little practice is to ask God if he has anything to say before a trip, an outing, a birthday, Mm -hmm. a dinner, a family visit, Mm -hmm. you know, let alone a mission trip, a conference, you know, we call it advance words. Lord, what do you have to say for me? Sometimes it'll be by way of interpretation. Sometimes he'll have something that is a total rescue. You know, he'll he'll say things to me like, don't bring it up, (laughs) right? And I'm I was planning on using the family dinner to bring up some big old thing, and he'll he'll just say, just don't do it, you know. And so it's been a real helpful practice. And and I I did pause before going into the high country with this once-in-a-lifetime tag, once-in-my-lifetime tag. And I said, what are, you, what are you saying, Father? And he said, I want you to hold this really lightly. Mm. And it was such a rescue. I immediately knew, okay, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Right. Hold this really lightly. One, because bow hunting elk in the high country is a ridiculously difficult thing to do anyway. No matter what the circumstances. Right. Let alone the coming snowstorm we didn't really anticipate, et cetera, et cetera. And so hold it lightly was a real rescue for me. And then the second time, you know, the first trip was very disappointing. It really was. It, you know, try as I could to hold it lightly. It was still really disappointing. Yes. And so waited a couple weeks and then went back, as I said, with my son Sam and, and took that same word to heart. And I had prayed about it. And, and he said the kindest thing to me. He said, don't, don't go back for redemption. Don't go back mm. with the thing of, okay, this time I'm going to get the trophy bowl of my life mm. and it's going to redeem the story. He's like, don't set yourself up for that. Mm. And he knew because it wasn't going to happen. It's not what he had for me. But instead, what I began to say to myself, we had a couple of really long hikes, seven-mile hikes each day. And, and I would just, 
I would literally say things to myself like, God is not depriving me. God is not. You're not depriving me, Father. You're not holding out on me. Yes, I did want to harvest a bull. Of course, I, you know, and, and maybe the bull of a lifetime. Yes, I did. But we had so many other encounters. Like we ran into this, we were coming out at night and we ran into this waterfall that was coming down this canyon in the moonlight. And we just stood there in silence for a long time, looking at moonlight on a waterfall. Mm. And we're exhausted and cold, mm. but it was, it was incredible. Mm. And, and there, were, there were so many moments, but I had to keep saying to myself, you are not holding out on me. You, God, you are not depriving me. You, you are good to me. And it shifted my ability to recognize and enjoy the other things mm -hmm. that were coming. I got time with my son in the woods. Are you kidding me? Like, they have young families. They, two days away for them is big. Yeah. And, and it was wonderful and, and great conversations and falling asleep out in the field during the day. And, you know, I was able, Alan, to your thing, to enjoy the smaller. I had to keep saying to myself, I'm not being cheated, stolen, deprived yeah, by God because the big thing isn't turning out. Mm. It was really, really kind of him to give me those words and, and it helped me. There's another aspect of what I hear you saying, John, is that the disappointment is actually a window, if we let it, Alan, like you said, if we choose to grieve, a window into um, unearthing some things we may have come to believe about God that we're not aware of. I know for me, as you tell, tell the story, I'm remembering moments of disappointment this year when I did the work to really not brush over them, but enter them. What I found was scarcity. Like we're not going to get yep. this time back. We're not going to have, we're not this trip, this opportunity, this relation. And, and what was actually the root was scarcity. And so in contrast, what I was really led to pray into a lot this fall in just those morning centering times of Psalm 23, when it, it announces, God, this is who you are. You are a shepherd. And I love the Hebrew um, translation can be translated as you are my best friend. Mm. You are my shepherd and best friend. Therefore, I will have more than enough. So, so what do I do with the discrepancy between feeling genuine mm -hmm. disappointment mm -hmm. and knowing that God has placed me in a world and a reality that I can have a life that has no lack. Mm -hmm. And so through that meditation time, grieving the disappointment and in announcing, celebrating, receiving who God is, beginning to heal this place of scarcity and actually feeling mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. being replaced with a newfound abundance. I love God because I had written in my notes for this podcast, Psalm 23. Really? And I had turned the page and forgotten it. Oh, come I, on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that you brought that up. And I want to circle back to that. But before we do, the reason that we have no lack is that we have God. And I knew through all of my disappointments this year, and there have actually been some pretty big painful ones, but I have you, God. But I have you. Psalm 73, right? 
Whom have I but you, O Lord? And besides you, I desire nothing. It's not that we don't desire other things. It's outside of you, Mm. apart from you, outside of your gift, your provision. I don't want those other things. If you are giving them, yes. If you're not, I want you. And it, it, it really has been a year for me of open hands, hold it lightly, releasing everything to God so that I may have God because we always have him. Yes. And one thing along with that, John, I think if we can enter into this week and the rest of the season, taking the pressure off of ourselves for things to be amazing. So this Thanksgiving dinner, the table setting, the whatever else that we feel pressure to make it amazing. It's been such a hard season, but this needs to be amazing. And instead say, no, it doesn't have to be amazing. It it needs to be beautiful. So how do we let it be beautiful? And things can be beautiful in the messiness Mm. of life with the messiness of who's at our table Mm. and the burnt turkey and the missing ingredients. It can still be beautiful. And so I think as my heart is being set for this week of Thanksgiving, it's a reminder to say, it probably will be messy. The world, everybody's operating at about 20% capacity right now. So the people at the store, the people in your travel, it will be messy and it can be beautiful if we just take the pressure off. I love that. I love that. Living a little more open-handed by backing up, by being honest Mm -hmm. about the disappointments and losses this year and grieving them Mm -hmm. and asking God to meet you there. Mm -hmm. Because the other rescue piece for me this year is is I've just been, boom, hit with stuff. I go immediately, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? And he'll say, love me in it Mm. right now. Love me in it. And what he was doing, so as I would do that, i go, okay. Uh, Even in the hunt, like as we're hiking out in the dark and it, you know, I just realized it wasn't going to happen. That was it. You know, love me now, love me in this. What it was doing was rescuing me from about 20 agreements. Mm, That's good. It's never going to happen. You're not loving. I must have messed up. You know, and just on and on and on, right? And and as soon as I start loving God in it, I find him and I find his sufficiency, but it's also rescuing me from a ton of like really bad places mm. that disappointment can take us, right? Yes. You, you can go down some pretty dark trails with that. And But I want to read, because you brought it up, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And can we say 2020 has been the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table, a feast 
before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And then he makes a declaration. He says, surely goodness and love will chase after me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the presence of God forever. And I know listening to that, many of you are like, yeah, not there yet. That doesn't doesn't feel like my cup's exactly running over. But what I want to suggest is that you take Psalm 23 this week and and that you read it aloud as a declaration, Mm. as a defiance, Mm -hmm. as a reinterpretation of the story. Mm. Because that's what I've needed God to do for me through the year is keep reinterpreting the story. It's not about the disappointments. Mm. It's not about the loss. That's not permanent. It's not the only story. It's not even the main story. You know, just continually reinterpreting. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, So use Psalm 23 this week, friends, as a defiant declaration to kind of help your soul back into what is most deeply true about your reality and our life with God. And we do pray a blessing on however it is you are celebrating Thanksgiving this week. May it be blessed. Mm